Hi, I'm Trevor. And I'm Laura. We're married, and we like to do a lot of different things together. But what got us together initially was that we love to eat and we like to drink. And we love to learn how our favorite foods and beverages came to be. In each episode of this podcast, we'll talk about something delicious and answer the question, Where did this come from? Great. How are you feeling? Um, Okay. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Where Did This Come From? The podcast where we talk about something tasty and go into its origin story. Uh, I'm Laura. And I am Trevor. And we are going to be talking about ice cream today. I promised that we would talk about some dessert. So um, ice cream is what we landed on. Perfect for a day where it's pouring rain outside. Pouring rain, except all week it has been like 90 degrees here in the Boston area, so we it's do true. feel like it's it's kind of fitting. And we had some socially distant ice cream last night with some friends. So, Which is slightly different than our normal socially non-distant ice cream that we eat on a regular basis inside our house. <laughs> yes, exactly. We try to limit it. But um, anyway, so I picked this topic uh, because ice cream is something that I am passionate about and I didn't realize how little I knew. <laughs> um, so there's a long, uh, convoluted and murky history of ice cream. Convoluted and murky. Yes. Well, there's a lot of different um, parties that kind of feel like they invented it. Oh, this should be contentious. It's contentious, yes. Um, But yeah, so going back to ancient history, the uh, there is general agreement that the true origins actually stem from ancient China. Um, Wait, ice cream goes that far back? Ice cream goes back... Before refrigeration. Before refrigeration. Okay. Exactly. They basically had these like ice caves. Um, But it's still, there's not a lot of documentation that I was able to find. I'm sure some museums might have some more information. But in my research, um, there was a lot of conflicting stuff. But most Hmm. of them did say the, the true origins were, you know, in China, from China. Interesting. Yep. So, but there's, there's essentially records in ancient Greece, Rome, Egypt, and Iran um, all have an, a history of ice cream. So, and a lot of this was was more of like a an ice slushy type thing. So it would be like mountain ice that they would flavor with fruit or honey. Um, and it was typically... So like a snow cone. Basically like a snow cone right. or an ancient snow cone. Um, and obviously it was kind of labor intensive and like hard to get. So it was mostly for, for Royals. Um, but the, the, really the first documentation is from Alexander the Great. Um, and he lived from 356 BC to 323 BC. Um, so that's a long time ago for ice cream. It's a long time ago for ice cream. Um, but he enjoyed snow and ice flavored with honey and nectar. Actually, sounds pretty tasty. Exactly. During the Roman Empire, uh, Nero Claudius Caesar, who lived from 54 AD to 86 AD, frequently sent runners up to the mountain for snow, and then he would flavor it with with fruits and juices. Is that that the same Nero who burned Rome to the ground? Uh, 
Um, that's a great question. That's a different podcast. Different podcast. <laughs> different podcast. Well, that's we can your, look that up. The name just jumped out at me. The name jumped out at me. So he would send like messengers essentially or gophers right. into the mountains to get snow. Yes. And a couple places that I, I read up on did say that they would have basically like a um, an assembly line chain of people like from the mountain basically like shoveling pails down the row of people to uh, to get the emperor his mm. snow cone it's good to be the king good to be the king and then there's there's like some other records so um around 900 ad with um the arab settlement in sicily arabs brought sorbet to italy so the word in arabic is sharbet huh. um which comes from sharab uh, meaning fruit juice or drink um and so ice cream kind of gets its origins from Sicily. So, and the thought is that Arabs bringing Sharbet to Italy was sort of the the true source of the early sherbets. Oh, that's really, I mean, you think, we think of, you know, those parts of the world as being really hot climates. Yes. So make, I think it makes sense that they would want like a cold treat, but okay. I also wouldn't think that they would be the origins of something that's frozen. Right. Right. And so I guess the they would basically have these caves or pits and that's where they would try to keep the ice cold. But obviously I don't think the, the shelf life was, was too long for these these treats. Much like ice cream today. Right. If you were to put it in a pit in your yard rather than the freezer. <laughs> we all, we, our yard pit is not nearly as big as I'd like it to be. So <laughs> no ice cream in there, unfortunately. Um, there's a lot of history, um, you know, a lot of different countries have some kind of ice delicacy that mostly royals or the very elite were, had access to, but the emperors of the Tang dynasty in China are actually believed to be the first to eat a frozen dairy-based concoction. So the closest to what we now know as ice cream. Interesting. The Tang Dynasty. The Tang Dynasty. Which we um, all know ran from. <laughs> I happen to have that written down. Oh. It, they were in power um, from 618 AD to 907 AD. And what also makes the Tang Dynasty special in the world of ice cream is that they actually began to control the freezing process. Um, so they they would have their like ice caves, and they would mix either buffalo milk, cow milk, um, and honey, and then they would place the mixture into metal tubes, which was then huh. lowered into the ice pool until frozen. Oh, so. Wow. Yeah, it's like the first time they're actually controlling the freezing process rather than just like getting shaved ice yeah. from the mountain and flavoring it with whatever fruit juices and, wow. and stuff that you have. So and that was like 1,100 years ago. Yep. Wow. Which is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I was, because obviously I, I love ice cream, but I, you know, don't really know how it is actually made, but control, I know it's like important to sort of like control how it freezes and you fold in, you know, some air and the milk and it all gets all frozen. But apparently the slower you churn it, um, the, the smaller the little ice crystals are. So oh. really high quality ice cream 
is churned very slowly, and so it's like slow churn. Oh, okay. Slow churn. Oh, yes. I see now. <laughs> it's all coming together. Usually, I'm reading the outside of the ice cream container while just housing the ice cream and right. not really paying much attention to what it exactly. means. Exactly. So that is important. So if they did it too fast, you would get like essentially freezer burn, like ice crystals huh. mixed in, which would still be okay, but you know, obviously, yeah. the better ice creams are slow churned. So. Yeah. The emperors of the Tang Dynasty kind of began this slow freezing, controlled temperature process. So, thanks Tang them. Dynasty. Yeah, thanks. We appreciate it. Thanks China for that and a number of other things. So, there's kind of there was kind of like a, a dark period in in ice cream's history. So, I'm gonna fast forward a bunch of years. Um, so, ice cream was reintroduced in Italy. By Marco Polo. So after he returned from a trip to China in 1292, um, he included a recipe for ice cream that he tasted in China, um, and it was made of frozen milk, cream, and honey. Mm. That is included in his book called Book of the Marvels of the World. So we're going to fast forward another couple hundred years to the 16th century, and Bernardo Buontalenti invents gelato in Florence. Wait, did you say Juan Talenti? Talenti. Yes. I am glad that you picked up on that. Oh, man. So Talenti gelato is named after Bernardo himself, who invented gelato. So it's like a little personal homage every time we buy gelato and eat it. I know. From the Talenti brand. Exactly. But yeah, so he... um, So again, gelato... It also has kind of like there's a few different um, stories on like how gelato was invented, but most stories include Bernardo Buontalenti. Do you know what makes gelato different from ice cream? I think I do. Um, it Care has to venture a guess. I, I'll venture a guess. Um, I, I think it has it has something to do with like the percentage of fat in the milk or something like, or the percentage of milk versus cream or something like that. That they're using to make the delicious treat. Yes, you are correct. So gelato has two-thirds less butter fat, and it doesn't have as much air. So in the freezing process, they don't incorporate as much air into gelato. So it's like really a lot denser, Hmm. but it has less fat. So gelato is better for you? Technically, yes. By like what percentage? By like a little bit. I don't know that number, but um, I should research. It that. also typically has less sugar because gelato is actually served ten to fifteen degrees warmer than ice cream. Oh, so and that so because ice cream is so cold and you can't taste mm. as many things when something's cold. That's why there's a ton of sugar in ice cream. Yeah. So. Typically, there's less sugar in gelato than there is ice cream because it's served warmer, hence you can taste it a little bit better. Interesting. It's the same. There's a similar um, phenomenon with white wine. If your white wine is too cold, it often doesn't taste like anything. Right. Just because it's just too cold. It's too cold to yeah, taste. Yeah. 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 Yep. Exactly. And I, I love gelato. That was like the one, when I was in Italy, the one piece of Italian that I learned was how to order a gelato. And? Un piccolo gelato, per favore. Do they just say, do they, they just a assume? A small gelato, please. But do they ask you then what flavor in your Italian stops at that point? Yes, and, and then I point. <laughs> I usually got stracciatelle, which is chocolate chip. Ooh, yeah. Delicious gelato. 
Anyway, so back to Bernardo Buontalenti. So he invents gelato. Um, he was kind of like this true Renaissance man. He was an architect, a painter, a stage designer. Wow. Um, and he was employed by the Medici family. Oh, okay. Um, and he did, he like basically was their party planner, it sounded like. So he would like put together their gardens and they would have these extravagant parties and he introduced gelato at one of these parties. So this was in Florence then? In Florence, yep. And then, so around 1553, Catherine de' Medici and King Henry II from France get married. I didn't know that. Yeah. There was an Italian-English merger. Italian-English, no, Italian-French merger. Oh, I thought you said English. I'm sorry. Sorry. Did I say? I think I said France. Anyway, sorry. King Henry II of France. Henri. Henri, yes. Um, So they get married. She moves to France. She brings all of her servants, including her chef. Okay. And that is how gelato slash ice cream gets introduced uh, to the French. Interesting. Yes. So there's also many other little anecdotes about ice cream or something similar um, in other European countries. Uh, particularly England, they had what was called cream ice, which was popular with King Charles I. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently, after he would seduce and make love to many mistresses, that would be the treat that they would enjoy after to cool down. Wow. So, a very central past. Good on you. <laughs> About 100 years later. <laughs> Who's counting? In 1686, um, a Sicilian-born named Francesco Porcopio del Cotelli went to Paris and he opened a cafe named after himself called Cafe Procope, um, which became kind of this like hot spot for all the French and English literature. Like the like the the artists, authors like the, and things like that. Yeah, exactly. It was like a, a a bougie cafe full of writers. <laughs> Which is not anything we've ever seen in this day and age. <laughs> right, exactly. So people would like hang out there and eat ice cream and they would serve the gelato in these tiny little like egg cups. So it was like literally you get oh, like a, a teeny tiny little bit of, of ice cream. Would they like get a bunch of orders of it over and over again or they just knew <laughs> that was just the acceptable portion size? I think that was the acceptable portion oh size. Oh God. Um, because it was like, you know, they didn't have freezers. Oh, okay. So it was, you know, they probably had made really not small batch. Really small batch. <laughs> the craft ice cream. The craft ice cream of the day. Yes. And that is kind of how um, ice cream became available to the public. Gotcha. Through in that, Europe. Specifically through that cafe. As through that cafe. Origins. Yes. Interesting. Because it became sort of a, um, it was like a hot spot just to, to try this delicacy yeah it must have blown their minds yes and so there's there's also not clear information on how ice cream made it to america you know obviously the colonists kind of brought it over they would have have seen the technology in europe Um, but again it was really the the richest of the rich who had access to ice cream so Supposedly, the first ice cream parlor opened in New York City in 
I've read 1776, 1790, and like 1798. So sometime sometime in there. Some like late 18th century or so. Exactly. Let's see. So in 1851, there was a Baltimore milk dealer named Jacob Fusel. And after the Industrial Revolution, um, with production of, you know, steam power, mechanical refrigeration, electric power, motors, etc. Uh, he actually started a manufacturing site for ice cream. So oh. whatever he couldn't sell for his milk, he would make into ice cream as to not lose any um, wow. material. I yeah, guess. so his... his- his byproduct, I don't say byproduct, but his... Yeah, his leftovers. His that, leftovers he turned into ice cream. Exactly. Oh, genius. Um, and this sort of mass production, um, you know, allowed ice cream to get to, you know, most households um, rather than just the rich of the rich. Yeah, so it was like, kind of like, you know, your milkman would come with your milk. You could also order ice cream to go along with it, I guess. That's a good question that like I the don't distribution know the of it? to. That's yeah, okay. so I don't think... You could get deliveries of it, but they had sort of milk, they'd have ice cream carts in some of the urban areas. Um, And so he could, he could sell to those vendors and then they could sell them on the street. I don't think it was like a household delivery system. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. But that sounds like the start of the ice cream truck, basically. Yes. So I actually have information on the first ice cream truck. So the first refrigerated ice cream truck was actually um, from the 1920s. So Harry Burt of Youngston, Ohio, um, who created Good Humor brand. He was the first one to have a delivery ice cream truck that was motorized and refrigerated. Wow. And so he had the idea to place chocolate-covered ice cream bars on a stick and sell those. Classic. Classic, yes. Um. The other part about these interesting um, ice cream carts is that people actually get really sick from them. What? So milk wasn't pasteurized in the U.S. until like the 1890s. Oh. Um, So any dairy product was potentially laced with bacteria. Oh, my God. So they were... So people would like get oh really gosh. sick and ice cream poisonings were like kind of a common event oh, no. and they were reported in the news, but they never really linked it to the actual dairy product. They thought it was due to the flavors. So specifically vanilla. Really? So people like health experts would say, oh, like vanilla is what is causing this sickness, but it's actually the unpasteurized milk. Wow. Yeah. Everyone hates on vanilla. I know, vanilla even, is so delicious. Even then, even then. I mean, it's boring on paper, I guess, but yeah, it's delicious. Yeah, it's so yummy. Don't hate on vanilla. Don't hate on vanilla. Don't sleep on that vanilla. Exactly. But yeah, so ice cream actually survived the Great Depression um, because when they were in these carts, it was actually much cheaper. So it was like a nickel. So people were actually still oh. purchasing ice cream as like a small treat or the really high-end ice cream, some of the ice cream parlors did remain open, but those were luxury. That was, like, yeah. more luxurious. I mean, it's not, yeah. I mean, so it's like a nickel for an ice cream bar versus going and getting served at an ice cream parlor. Right, exactly. For, I don't know, probably 50 nine. cents then versus... Yeah, I don't know. It's probably, like, 10 cents. I have wow. no idea, actually. Good thing it survived the depression. Right. Yes. So, um, go ice cream. So, ice cream in America. 
George Washington apparently was also an ice cream lover. And when he died and his house on Mount Vernon was being inventoried, they actually found several metal ice cream pots. So what they would actually freeze and turn the ice cream oh, wow. in. Um, there was like 20 of them in his inventory from his house. So wow. he clearly oh. was also an ice cream lover. I wonder how many episodes he's going to come up in because now we're two for two i know <laughs> we're two for two with georgie good old georgie i bet he loved his rum and he liked his ice cream i bet he loved a good rum raisin ice cream if it existed <laughs> yeah. back then so that is one thing that i i was having a hard time getting information on was when ice like different ice cream flavors kind of came around gotcha so the one that i did find um was actually in 1984 Ben and Jerry's invented cookie dough ice cream. Wait, that's the first time cookie dough ever showed up? That's the first time cookie dough ice cream showed up. So that's the cookie dough ice cream. It was the OG Ben and Jerry's. So also, fun fact about Ben and Jerry's. So they started in 1979 and – or maybe it was 78. 1978. um, And they had a $12,000 – that was like their startup money. Um, wow. And they opened at an old gas station and they just had a, a passion for ice cream. And they were like, we're going to do this $12,000. And they got started. And to celebrate their first year of business, they had free cone day, which is something they still do to this day at a Ben and Jerry's location. So that's been going on since their first year, their first anniversary. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I did not know that. I know. I thought you figured that's something they would have done once they started right, like becoming really successful. like a gimmicky really ploy like, to get yeah. people come in. But no, I mean, the more I read about Ben and Jerry's and, you know, all of their social commentary right now, mm. um, lots of respect for Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, definitely. So, wow. Yeah. $12,000 they started that empire with. Yeah. And like a rundown old VW van too, right? Yep. Yeah, and their first like storefront was actually out of a gas station. Was it still a gas station at the time? It was not still a gas oh, okay. station at the time. Well, I mean, it could have been. It's ice cream. <laughs> could have been. I mean... Yeah, that's true. One thing that I kind of skipped over, um, and this is also a piece of history that is disputed, but the invention of the ice cream cone. So in so there's there's several different stories. Um, the one that I'm going to highlight today is kind of the one that I liked the best. So <laughs> fair. this is the, so ni- in 1904, the St. Louis World Fair, uh, Ernest Hamway, which who is an immigrant from Syria, okay. was making Zalabia, which is a waffle wafer dessert. And he was next to a guy who was an ice cream vendor. And the ice cream vendor ran out of cups or bowls to oh serve his goodness. ice cream in and so he partnered up with Ernest, who is the the cart next door. Mm-hmm. And Ernest took his um, his wafers while they were still hot off the press, rolled it into the conical shape that we know and love today, uh, and served the ice cream scoops um, on the wafer. So cones are purely accidental. Cones are purely accidental. I shouldn't say accidental. It was like. It was kind of like out of of necessity. Um, And industries coming together. Industries coming together, yes. So a different person actually has the patent um, on ice cream cones. There was a guy from the UK who kind of did it around the same time. 
Um, and there was another person in the U.S. who also was making like wafer cookie cups, not in the cone shapes. Gotcha. Though. So. So the waffle bowl. The waffle bowl. The, the, so they all kind of came around at the same they time. They all kind of so came around at the same time. Humanity realized at a certain point, we need to have an edible ice cream container. Exactly. Yes. Life finds a way. Life finds a way. You know, again, there's that disputed history, but in the 1950s, the uh, International Association of Ice Cream Manufacturers named Ernest Hamway the creator of the ice cream cone. I don't know if I'm saying his name right. Hamwi. H-A-M-W-I. That's my best guess. Thank you, Mr. Humway. To the Humway family, if we've said it wrong, we do apologize. But yes. Good for him. So he's official. He's official, according to the International Association of Ice Cream Manufacturers, which sounds pretty legit. Sounds pretty official to me. Yeah. So that is kind of um, the general history of ice cream. So I did want to talk about soft serve for a moment. Okay. Uh, so soft serve, again, has a disputed origin. So... The Carvel family and the Dairy Queen family in the 1940s. So Tom Carvel, which again I kind of like this story the best. So New England ties. It. Um, he his his ice cream machine was broken, and so he had to sell the ice cream uh, before it all went bad. So he was basically selling this like ice cream that was a little soft. It's like half melted. Half melted, exactly. Huh. And again, so like in its purest form, soft serve is basically just regular ice cream at a different temperature and at a different point in the process of it becoming a truly hard ice cream. Oh, wow. I thought they would have been like entirely different. Yeah, they're, they're really not. So it soft serve actually has more air in it. So all ice cream has between 30 and 60% air. Um, and apparently without it, it would be too hard. You'd crack your teeth on the like ice crystals, but yeah. So the, the soft serve is just at a different point in the freezing process. Gotcha. Is that, I wonder if that's why, cause it's constantly churning. Right. And I wonder that's probably why then, right? Right. They're probably trying to like keep it from and keep actually that, becoming yeah, hard keep ice cream. Whipping air into it, I would guess. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Exactly. Except the McDonald's where the machine's always broken. Yes. That is true. So sad for it's the It's a weird McFlurry. phenomenon. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. So do you know what soft serve is called in England? I don't. It's called a Mr. Whippy. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Mr. Whippy? Yep. <laughs> Mr. Whippy. How do you spell Mr. Whippy? Just how you would think. W-H-I-P-P-Y. I was hoping there'd be like a double E in there, but yeah. it's still ridiculous. No. Okay. I mean, Mr. Whippy. Yeah. Get what you got. I mean, okay. Vermont calls them creamies. Yeah. Creamy with double four E's. E's. Yeah, four E's actually. Yeah. Mr. Whippy. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know the English kind of rip on us for our abuse of the English language, but they have Mr. Whippy and they we do. call it soft serve. So Yes. And apparently in other places of the world, particularly in Europe, uh, soft serve is known as American ice cream. Oh, damn it. I All know. right. Well, that's fair, I guess. Yeah. We didn't invent it. Which I do. I like, I appreciate a good soft serve every once in a while. I love while, good soft serve. Generally, given the option between a hard ice cream with like chunks of delicious stuff in it versus soft serve, I'm going to go with. Yeah, you do love the, you prefer I, the chunks. I like the chunks. Yeah. I like a good Oreo. I like some brownie. Yeah. I mean, I do like soft serve. I can't tell you how many times though you've gotten some amazing 
chunky, delicious ice cream, and I've opted for soft serve, and then I just had ice cream envy the entire time we were Yeah, I know. That's sad for you. And we share a lot of stuff. But um, not ice cream. Laura's very particular about sharing her <laughs> ice, cr- ice cream ice with me. She's like, you made this decision. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You deal with it. You made your bed. You lie in it. I mean, it's fair. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of all I have for ice cream. There was a lot of information to get through. I'm sure. I mean, it went all the way back to ancient China and yes. Sicily. And what? Uh, what's your favorite ice cream? It's a loaded question. Oh, gosh. So many things. I think my favorite consistently is actually mint Oreo. Oh, that's good. It's um, a good choice. But I have been really digging on the s'mores ice cream. You have been. So Richardson's, which is made in New England, has a really good s'mores ice cream. It's graham, graham-flavored graham ice cream with graham cracker swirls, marshmallows, and dark chocolate chunks. And it's so good. I and really that's wish, what I ate last night. I really wish we hadn't had ice cream last night because I'd say we, we're going to have to get ice cream after this yeah. and we just can't. Yeah. One um, frozen treat that we have been enjoying that is maybe slightly less caloric because it's portioned out for you is mochi. Oh, my God, yes. So, like, Bubby's Mochi, which you can get at, like, Whole Foods. It's like Bubby's Hawaiian or Bubby's of oh Hawaii. Gosh, it's so good. Good Lord. And it's just, like, a little tiny, delicious bit of ice cream covered in the mochi flour. What is your favorite type of ice cream, Trevor? Um, I was a very boring ice cream child. I actually didn't – strange, pretty fun fact. This isn't a very fun fact, but I was not a big – I didn't really care about ice cream that much until we – Started dating That's 10 right. years I ago. I yeah. Um, so I was You're a pretty... welcome. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate it. I thank you every time. Um, I was a big vanilla kid. Mm. Loved vanilla. Uh, Vanilla-based anything um, was my jam. Um, was big into cherry vanilla for a little while as mm. a kid. But not... I mean, I love Cherry Garcia now from Ben & Jerry's, mm, yeah. but I wasn't a big chocolate in my ice cream kid. So like yeah. just cherry ice cream with cherries in it. But eventually, as I matured... Mm-hmm. Into adulthood, uh, black raspberry is yeah. hands down my favorite ice cream flavor. Just a regular black raspberry, no chocolate chips in it. Yeah, just a nice smooth black raspberry. Nice. There is um, so by my grandmother's house, there is this really amazing farm, dairy farm called Salem Valley Farms, and they have the best ice cream. And their peach ice cream is just. Yeah, you told to me about that ice cream for. for years. It is so good. It and did, it's not it, a flavor that I would normally go for, but it's just out of I this will world. say, like, you probably told me about that ice cream a solid three or four years before I got to have it. Yeah. And it's one of the rare things that actually lives up to that hype. It is yeah. delicious. Yeah. Really, really worth it. So shout out Connecticut, Salem Valley Farms. Yeah. Get mm, some so today. Delicious. You can go get it. You don't have yeah. to do it today. Yeah, if you find yourself driving through Connecticut and you need a frozen treat, go to Salem Valley because it is definitely worth the. I don't even know what town it is in Salem. Salem Valley. I don't know. I don't think that's right, but uh, we'll have to double check that. And when we post this podcast, we'll uh, we'll make sure you guys know. We'll where give to go. you Google Map directions to Salem Valley. <laughs> They're going to get an influx from all of our listeners. Yes. <laughs> Mostly your grandmother. <laughs> yes. Um, no, my grandmother buys like pints at a time. She'll stock yeah, up her she freezer. She stocks her freezer for the entire season. Yeah, it's great. 
Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of all I have for the history of ice cream. That I feel like we could probably do a whole other podcast, like because there's a lot of ice cream facts related to like World War II. Like they they oh, tried wow, to get yeah. ice cream overseas to the soldiers, um, but honestly, the topic is is quite dense, so we could probably. We'll do a revisit. We'll do an ice cream 2.0. We could do ice cream 2.0. I would be down for that. So seems right. We mm-hmm. should do that. Yeah. Awesome. What else? What else you got? So wait, actually, another fun fact about these ice cream carts that I was talking about. They actually, and this was probably in, you know, like the 1800s ish. Yeah. Um, and they would have some ice cream carts on like urban streets. Uh, and people would actually eat the ice cream, lick the bowl clean, and then give it back to the vendor. Oh, my God. And they God. would wipe it down and then give it to the next person. Ooh. And you could pay more for oh, your God. own uh, container. <laughs> However, a lot of people who were trying to eat ice cream for, you know, eat ice cream on the cheap um, would opt for the oh my recycled... Goodness ice cream containers that is a i think it's a lot of no-nos there that is a covid no-no across the board a covid no-no that's just like in general general hygiene not a great uh practice so thankfully we don't do that today oh lovely yes no i'm so glad we don't do that today but yeah so i want to give a shout out to all of the resources that i use to get this information so icecreamnation.org pbs.org history.com uh, a turkish uh website uh called aval news encyclopedia britannica countryliving.com and smithsonian.com and that's a wrap on episode two thanks so much for joining and thank you so much to our friends the brighton beat for our amazing theme song check them out wherever you stream music the brighton beat um yeah thanks so much again everybody we will see you next time stay healthy stay well And we'll see you on the next episode of Where Did This Come From? Is that (laughs) bad?